0: Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. Myself and Matt Craddock are here once again. Hello, Matt.
1: Hello. Good evening.
0: How good was this episode, mate? Oh,
1: it was great for us. I don't like we just we just talked very briefly then saying I'm not sure how it will come across in the podcast because it was just it felt like a real selfish one where we were just asking Steve loads of stuff that we wanted to know. Um, it, yeah, he absolutely blew my mind really and i i think i'm going to need a lot of time to process it you know I, I, what what jumps out is just you know his love uh for for helping people and you know life you know just so much bigger bigger picture stuff and oh it was great really yeah. good
0: yeah. it's steve it was- Salas,
1: by the way i don't even know if we introduced him that's no. how <laughs> that's how much that's how much he's blowing my mind steve <laughs> Salis people that's who we were talking to today <laughs> Uh, and he was excellent, and as you can tell, he has uh, confused me, and he's uh, getting me thinking. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I definitely think we'll have to go back and listen to this a few times just to to scribble some notes and and you allow our thoughts to to gather. Because, yeah, like we, we said, every we asked one question, and then his response would would spark three or four different questions that we were unable to ask. But it was fascinating, wasn't it? Really good to listen to him. Such a genuine down to earth chap with uh, really
1: good yeah,
0: yeah. I think uh,
1: I mean we obviously prepare for all, all our podcasts don't we? we and we have we have like a little roadmap we call it don't we where we have certain things that we want to get across and, and speak and ask questions of and you know it it did seem that that just went out the window tonight because like <laughs> you said every time you know we, we started talking about something and, and then what what you replied with was so interesting. We just got drawn down that path, you know. And I, I was looking at our notes towards the end, thinking I've not looked at this once, you know. <laughs> and I'm not sure if we've even we've even gone through any of the stuff. But um, yeah, just just a fascinating fascinating conversation. Um, a genuinely really good guy. Uh, and like I said, he just you know he just he just oozes enthusiasm and 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 love and care for you know people really. Yeah, and I so, think that's.
0: So- so it's Sunday night, we record this on a Sunday. We're both going to work tomorrow. What are you going to do differently tomorrow off the back of that conversation? Because I know there's something already I'm going to start to try and do.
1: Well, straight away, I'm, I'm going to order his book because I, I want I want to learn more of what he said. I, I definitely need time to, to process it. I, the self-awareness thing was, was really interesting. That's something I'm going to think more about. Um, but I think I just need to think more about it before I can answer that question. Go on, what, what, what have you got? What are you taking away?
0: I, I, the stuff around the learning, so, you know, the opportunity to learn. So with my questioning, yeah. uh, the, the peer-to-peer and the, 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 the opportunity to allow players, to le- all players, to learn yeah. um, rather than asking a question to a group or even a small group and, I, and waiting for that one quote-unquote right answer. Mm-hmm. Which, was, which is very football coaching, whereas yeah. his education background and his, his opportunity to let the kids learn from the way you structure your questions. I'm,
1: mm. I'm, I'll be I, honest,
0: I, I'm going to ask the very questions he said when I coach tomorrow and hope to see what, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. And then off yeah. the back of that, I'll try and follow that model myself going forward.
1: Yeah, pre- pressing the pause button. He mentioned that a lot, didn't he? Around the questioning, but also like, you know, using it in, in your conversations and stuff. That was that was really quite interesting, and I think that's something that I think I've heard it before. But you know, when you hear something before and you use it, and then you just sort of forget about it, don't you, as you go? And I think probably being more conscious of of that pause button and how how it can impact in that example the learning, but in other examples it can impact you know the conversation that you're having or the uh, the the tone of the conversation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera it was uh yeah really really interesting yeah really interesting
0: anyway you should shut up i should shut up let's let people listen to this this is steve Salis. go and follow him uh on social media on his website because like it has with us he will definitely spark some curiosity so um here it is hope you enjoy it okay this evening's guest is uh a man matt and i've been following for a while. Um, He's many things. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself. But what I do know is he's, he's, he's excellent at all the different hats he wears. So um, I'm going to put him on the spot. It's uh, it's something we've asked a few of our listeners in the last series to. Steve, I'm going to going to give you thirty seconds, and I'm going to ask you to give us the whistle stop tour of of your life to now. And the reason we try and keep it to thirty seconds is that it it kind of forces people to touch on the uh, the really important or the or the big moments throughout their life so i know it's a little bit of a a tricky one to start with mate but in 30 seconds let's uh, let's this is your life off you yeah. go
2: mate can I, can I say thanks for having me first and then we do the 30 seconds in a minute
0: yeah yeah of course well, mate. Pleasure. no
2: you've you've just wasted 10 of your 30 seconds
0: Steve.
2: <laughs> yeah okay uh failed footballer the only footballer of my generation to have any a-levels really bad a-levels but it scraped me to university left brighton moved to london uh, did my degree in physical education and was a PE teacher in four challenging London Comprehensives for uh, 17 years. Vice principal of that for nine years. Ex-student changed my life. Uh, true story. Text me, said, there's a job at Millwall. Don't support Millwall. Lived on the doorstep for many years and um, got a job as one of the academy management team and head of education at Millwall. Uh, four and a half seasons there. Went to work for the FA as a consultant with the 15s and the 15s, England under 15s. And then, yeah, basically winging my life through business, lads. That's where I'm at.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So go on then. Um, how, how are you finding the challenge of work throughout the last 18 months with the pandemic and everything? How, has that been difficult or have you just managed to find a different way to, to keep going?
2: Well, lockdown two, I was fine because I knew what to do. Lockdown one, we we're all in the same boat. Um, you know, i got people, I remember calling uh, Darren at UCFB and said, can you teach me how to use Zoom? Right. <laughs> And then two weeks later, people calling me saying, Sally, it's teaching how to use Zoom, you know, and, and then how embarrassingly easy is it, by the way? So um, yeah, that was happening. I think, I think I, I'll say this really openly, if anyone's looking to go into business, it's probably been the, the the maddest four years, three and a half years of my life, but also the loneliest. Um, I've got in my car at 6:30 in the morning and gone to school or Millwall for for 20 years. And then if, honestly, if a youngster said to me, Steve, what's it like, you know, having your own business, I'd say just be prepared for loneliness because, you know, and, you know obviously this podcast is fantastic. But when I came out for the high performance podcast in the studio in London last year, um, the weirdest thing ever, I had no teammates to share it with. And, and it was a real moment, I got on the train on the way home thinking I've just been on, like, I knew it was going to be a game changer for me. So, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm just on, this is just part of my journey. Um, and actually said to a mate like I, I would, well I mean business you're, you're, only, you're a victim of your own success in a way but if someone offered me a job back in a school or back in a football club possibly full time I think I'd probably take the school job over a football club because um, it's probably the happiest time in my life
0: Yeah, how that, That's really interesting because obviously all of your experiences today have been within teams and whether that's leading teams or part of teams or organisations and, and obviously you, you seem like a A sociable person someone who thrives on on that so how then do you deal with the challenge of of working on your own how is that you you said it's lonely have you have you found ways around that
2: yeah well joining Wimbledon's one way I mean I'm so grateful to be there And you know people always say how's the football going I go no more like how how have I met new friends like honestly like you know people know me quite well I'm not sure of an opinion, but actually quite a spiritual guy and believe in energy and love and compassion and empathy and you know just having good people around you. So that's been amazing. I've got I've got three or four corporates that keep me team orientated. But obviously three years ago I didn't have any work, did I? I was starting a business, didn't know what I was doing, just trying to be myself and. Yeah, if you just said to me three years ago, I am where I am. But my point is, a lot of the time, I'm in the car on my own and all this social media nonsense, boys, like on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. But actually, when you're driving up to Warrington, which I did last week, you know, four hours in the car on your own, you then deliver to these amazing kids and then you drive home on your own and then like, wow, right, is this is this where I'm at? So um, being at Wimbledon yesterday, we had our last pre-season yesterday. Um, yeah, it's just... No, the energy of the backroom team and the players makes me get up every day. So I do feel... It's funny, isn't it? I, I will shut up in a minute on this, on this topic. <laughs> I, do, I do think that that um, my world in terms of me choosing football now on my terms, uh, it's taken, taken me years to get there. But at the moment, I have to choose football on my terms because, as you know, boys, and you, I actually say head of coaching is the hardest job in a football club. I do, because you've got to be on your laptop all day, not in a rude way, but then you've got to be developing people, but then you've got to be proving what you're doing, like, and evidence and everything that you're doing, you know, sort of, so very challenging, and it's, yeah, I just think that football was amazing, but I'm always conscious, in summary, of not defining myself by the game called football, you know? Mm.
1: I I think that's a real key thing. We we talk to our players about that quite a lot. I want to touch on the the Wimbledon stuff, because that's sort of the the link that, that we have, but before you go into that when you talk about it being lonely and and you talked about being sociable and you know love and positive positivity what what's your driver then if if what you're doing is quite lonely and you know you're on your own what's what's driving you to to plow through that and keep going
2: yeah well I've never run away from anything in my life Matt so that's that's the first thing and I don't think this you know it's like a stage isn't it in life like there's moments in life, school, Millwall, you know, my playing career, the, the non-league career, all those friendships that you make. This is just another moment. Mm. I don't, I don't look on it as something I've got to panic about. Don't get me wrong. I'm not always happy about it, but it's something that, Matt, I think I've got to ride it out. Yeah. I think I've got to learn. I talk about behaviour condition in my business all the time, guys. Right. And, now we're all conditioned to think like we think, know what we know, would be what we be. But I was conditioned to get in my car at half past six for twenty years and go work. And having that routine and then coming out of that routine has absolutely thrown me completely. But then yeah, I've had yeah. to readapt. that. Now Kelvin Thomas actually is the chairman of chairman of Northampton. He's a lad I went to uni with. I went to meet him for a coffee probably three years ago and said, Kelvin, like, what what would you, what advice would you be? And he said, embrace the freedom so there's other times Matt where I do embrace the freedom you know I've got a nice yeah, yeah. coming up this week where I'm not on the road and I can catch up on emails and you know and just be fresh again you know self-care this week and going to be in the gym every day and doing that sort of stuff yeah but my, my point is yeah it's a, it's a
1: great question I
2: think I'm just riding it
1: out okay and what what's the what's the goal then what's the you know what's what is getting you up at 6 30 in the morning what's making you ride it out you know like so for, for us you know if you're if you're in a club, you might have a, a, an ambition, or you might have a, a goal in the club that's your goal for your job. But as a person, it's you know you might have something that's underlying that's keeping you hungry and keeping you going. What's that for you?
2: Yeah, oh, client. I mean, I've got bundles of clients. So my clients, you know, my my my, my Eisenhower matrix to do list for tomorrow. I've got I've got 30 40 things to do tomorrow. Yeah. So, I'll just, I'll just plough through them. That could be catching up with my one-to-ones, you know, my corporate one-to-ones, I've got football one-to-ones, I've got to speak to three or four agents tomorrow. So, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, how do I just share? Yeah, the loneliness probably not, not comes from me always being on my own. Sometimes it just comes from me not having teammates. Yeah. That's probably the, yeah, it's probably the easiest way to align it. It's probably the lack, lack of teammates. And what Wimbledon's done is is give me a new set of teammates. And, and I'm only there one and a half days a week, and I'm, at there, I'm there at all home games. But I, I want to win bad, and, and I'm not there, but I'm there in spirit. But I yes. am there. I, I'm, I'm nudging the players on WhatsApps and phone calls all week. So, you know, I'm not there, but I am there. You know? So that's, that's given me
1: um, yeah, real, real, um, real direction, actually, yeah. at, a week, at, a weekend, <laughs> yeah, at a weekend. So go on then. At, at Wimbledon, what, what's going on? Because, it, you know, I, I know Robert, when, when he took that, when he had the interim role, I remember speaking to him and asked him, how how are you going to play it? And he said, well, I'm just going to do it my way, you know, the way I, I, I'm just going to be myself. And I was really interested in that because we always have this perception of we've got to get short win, you know, quick success really, haven't we, to, to then allow us to build things in the long term. And, you know, what? often when you come out and do things differently, it almost gives people a stick to, to beat you with if it doesn't go right. What What's going on there? And, and how, how are you and, and the team trying to shape culture, I guess?
2: Yeah, well, correlating my... my I'm just, I'll am just speak about Robbo shortly because th- that'll be quite a lengthy process and, and how, how much I respect the man. Mm. But this has been a real challenge for me because this is another job where I'm in, but I'm not in. Yeah. So every job I've had, I've been in Monday to Friday, you know, Monday to Sunday. And now I'm having to be much more strategic with my thought processes how I can add value from afar. So that's been a challenge. That might be nudging a member of staff. That might be... Most of the time, I'm speaking to the players on the phone. So that's, mm-hmm. that's that. plaza are calling me, you know, off the cuff on, on various things, personal, professional, or both. Uh, yes. So my work covers performance, obviously, and non-performance, so I can just blend it nicely. But linking linking to Robo, like, I mean, here's me being... You know the leadership sort of mentor in 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 my other world outside pro football and having led in you know four failing schools I've got a bit of experience of what leadership looks and feels like and I've got a master's degree in it so I'm ticking all the boxes but Robbo like chucked all that in the bin like he he went in honestly he went in day one and started changing culture right when I'm thinking I'm going to ask you a question here Right for the for the 21 games that we had here, Matt, we'll give that to you. Would you yeah. change the culture after 21 games?
1: I think it'd be very difficult. Well, from the outside, you'd think it'd be very difficult. You'd yeah. you try and just you try and uh, you'd try and keep it going. I think I think you try and pick on a couple of things, and 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 keep it going and get people on board. But I don't think you look you look to change the culture. That's that's why. I was surprised when, after his first interview, and I said this to Robbo, he didn't talk about the game, he was talking about Kit. Yeah. He was talking about Kit. And I was thinking, bloody hell, like, I agree with all this, and this is right up my street, but I'm thinking, oh, this is, that's brave. That's, you know, the people, that they're, they're desperate to stay in the league, and you come on and talk about Kit. And I think that's, it. I almost celebrated it, thinking that is brilliant, but... It's really, I was also thinking that is ballsy. <laughs> and Lee, what about you?
0: What would you have done? The 21 like, goals. Like, yeah, I'd like to say I'd have gone in and I'd have done, put all my ideas in, and tried to get everything right that I wanted. But I, I don't know if I'd, have, yeah, I don't know if, especially in that position where it's almost a, an interview, isn't it? An elongated interview. Yeah. I'd have just been thinking about, or oh, keep him in the league. Like, just get some, like Matt said, get some wins, stay in the league. And then if I have a bit of, quote unquote, security, then I can implement my way. Yeah. But but then I guess, then that would be, I'd be doing things differently. Robbo's gone in and and done him, which he's done for all his time at Wimbledon. And he trusts himself in that. And and credit to him, he got the results he deserved, didn't he? I think, I don't think I'd have... Being a strong enough character to back myself in that environment. And hopefully, I'm wrong, but yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah I texted him um, over player recruitment about a month ago, and I and I said to him, you know, your head, your heart, and your gut are your, are your three sort of parameters. And it, and his gut hasn't been wrong once. Right, his gut hasn't been wrong once. I wouldn't have touched the culture stuff. The, you know, is me being the so-called expert until pre-season. Yeah. He went and just smashed it. So, so, and then, and then you've got to coach the team. So, and, and don't get me wrong. look, like, listen, anyone with any common sense would know they're quite blended. You know, there's still stuff about about behaviours that that we were all aligned on. And I'm not saying that you would have just sacked off culture, but do you know what I mean? He went in full on with the culture bus. But so, therefore, the, <laughs> the advantage that we got this season is that that, that cult, we've already had our pre season in a way. We've almost had two pre seasons. Yeah. So that, that, that's great. I mean, we, we, we were talking before he got the role just on an informal basis. You know, we said we went for a walk around Dulwich Park for three hours, talking life and football. And um, we're heavily aligned on that. Like, like no, no no dickheads, just no one around us There's negative energy. But also players need, need to be modelled that. People see, people do. So we need to model behaviour ourselves. You know, we need to model the behaviour that we want to see so that then you know that all that culture stuff can go out the window if a manager loses his rag or is rude to somebody or you know these these moments that, that can affect people's mindset and their computer and their storage memory which can affect them for life. But Robo on a win was the same um, and on a loss was the same and I'm like that as well. So um, I think my I think this is this is a great football story for you from my lens that when I was at Leverhead with Jimmy we were in the bottom. F- Four for 40 games out of 46 so it's only Ryman Premier but it's not Ryman Premier because it's still the same process of relegation and the key is just keeping your shit together and being emotionally sound you know that is the key is being emotionally sound and, and I suppose it's given me great confidence again because the backroom staff at the Dons are all very bright and conscientious and socially very intelligent so it means that we haven't got like a weak link in that in that part of our behaviour so it means that there isn't anyone that's sort of all over the place emotionally. So we're very process driven, which most clubs should be. But guys, come on, everyone talks about process, but there's still a manager, there's a loose cannon, and he'll lose his rag, and then 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 the change room's gone, and then they've lost it. One one comment, one moment, one one little off-the-cuff, yeah, moment can can wreck your environment. So yeah, like I feel I feel that. What's does it give me the confidence that yeah, that's that's two or three times in my career now um, that that you you what you think you know what you need to do, but there, okay. there is evidence to back up that but not in a rude way. We kept our shit together and because we did that, I don't think it's a coincidence while well, we kept the change room and not in a rude way compared to some of our competitors that I was looking on social media and, and I, it doesn't matter who they are, but some of our competitors were not keeping their shit together.
1: Yeah.
0: Steve, has that has that changed your thinking at all, or has that challenged your beliefs? Being seeing um, Robo and how he's worked and being in and around it, like you said, I don't know if you agree, but Matt and I both said we'd have took a different approach, and probably most people would. But has that challenged your thinking, or is he just just an anomaly who's special or different and and has a different way of working?
2: No, he's just done what everyone else does. Doesn't do, which is not in the mood. by. <laughs> like he'll say, it's like common sense things, like treat your staff well, be happy at work, teach. Like he's brilliant basics. He's like the ultimate brilliant basics, and I don't say that to be derogatory. I say that to he, he, he. keeps filling gaps. So instead of moving on to new learning, he's like, no, no, let's just repeat what we're doing and get it right. And another thing is like, well, I'm going to give him like, sound like I'm like son of Robo tonight. But he goes, <laughs> he goes four box two guys in a relegation battle. Well, I don't think that's ever been done. Honestly, I'm, I know enough football, but I don't know any manager that, in a relegation battle, says, "Right, we're just going to flood midfield, we're going to get second balls, and we're going to cause havoc to the opposition because no one knows what's going on for 45 minutes."
1: <laughs> just, what 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 was really good is I was obviously I do I do love the guy. He's great. So I was I was celebrating that on a personal level that he, he, they managed to stay up, and then he gets the job. But also from a professional, it's, he's doing it the way I'd want it to be done. So it was almost like, I'm really pleased for him. And I'm also really pleased for the game because we need more of this. And I want to be involved in this more, you know, like that's, it was like a two way thing. And it was, it was just great. Like it was, it was so good and seeing the stuff, you know, you can hear, hear him in his interviews and see what's going on. And you just pick up on all that stuff you talked about and, it does sound a like really well a special place to be involved in, really.
2: If you but if you look at let's just look at the language of, of managers, and a lot of leadership is about what you don't say. Right? So leaders yeah. can't, not in not in the way in football. You keep down about 11 v 11 guys. But if you don't, if you're not emotionally absolutely on the money now in any business, you are gonna get found out. So his his ability to create clarity, this is the bus, this is where we're going, you know, we not me, um, very collaborative, um, ensuring that we've just got learning going on and if there is misalignment, this is the language that I've really brought in about the black, the white and the grey, if there's misalignment, can we have conversations that enhance learning? And I think that, in schools, I'm just going to flip this to schools. In schools, we call it teaching and learning, right? In football, we just call it coaching. <laughs> now, that's a metaphor, of course, because I know that learning goes on in coaching. But there's there's this missing thing, you know, just because you taught it doesn't mean to say the players learned it. And coming from Millwall, to sorry, going from school to Millwall, and I love the lads there, but seeing the coaches coming and going, I bloody taught that. I coached them that. But lads, you coach them, it but the lads don't learn anything. So, like, there's this missing link in football. We're still talking about coaching, but we, where's where's the where's the learning process happening? How do we yeah. evidence the learning, and how do we actually add value to human performance? Because if we keep talking about tactics as well, of course, there's an element to that, but don't develop the individual, then we're still missing out on this long-term growth of human capability, aren't we? In this yeah. 11 wheels so yeah listen I'm sort of faffed around on that answer but we're just trying to you know we're just trying to create learning opportunities for players to
1: actually improve so how 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 does it differ then is, is it about looking internal rather than external so let's say we, we we have a game the players haven't done something that we have taught them is it instead looking at what I have haven't done, or maybe what I could do better, or is it a, a two-way thing where, you know, h- how do we get that learning is what I'm asking. Well, first or, of how, all. Or how do we know it's happening, really?
2: Yeah. If we if we go back to emotions, how much armor guys is being worn in football changer rooms? Right? So if if I'm if I'm the head of mindset at a club and I can't tell you that I feel lonely sometimes, then I'm not actually that bloke, am I? So I'm not really that man. So I'm I'm just a fake, really. So it doesn't actually matter to me about showing vulnerability. And it never has. But I think it's something you have to learn. But the problem with vulnerability, guys, if you show vulnerability to someone with a low level of emotional intelligence, they see you as weak. Yeah. If you show vulnerability to someone with a high level of emotional intelligence, they see you as strong. So it's creating an environment all the time. We had had a lad lad yesterday that admitted, said, my bad, I won't name his name, said for giving away a penalty. And he's 18. And I had to see him after the game. And so I had to say I'm really proud of you. And he's like, what? I was really rubbish today. I said, no, no, you might have been rubbish there, but you weren't rubbish admitting to your new teammates that you gave something away. And guys, you've been enough change room. There's plenty of players that blag that, get their head down and don't say a word. Yeah. So that is a metaphor, really, for, for where we're at. And that young player needs a massive pat on the back for acknowledging to his new teammates, you know, a lone as well, hold on, lads, that's my bad. And, you know, I can work with players like that all day long, as you, I know you boys can. That That's where we're at. So that then links, Matty, to, to hierarchy of leadership and what people's perception of leadership is. Yeah. It's really weird. I have to share this with you. How mad is football, right, that... When, when the gaffer's not there, and I say that, you know, if this isn't shown on podcast, you know, on video, this is just on a podcast, And putting my hands, being a bit sarcastic for the listeners. The gaffer's not there, so everyone can slack off a little bit. And when the gaffer turns up, right, everyone not in a woojo shits themselves and starts to <coughs> more. up. How weird is that? Right? That's like, let me just apply it to school, because I love my school stories. That's like the only person with any clout in a school is the head teacher yeah and yeah. that's it. and then that's the only one that can influence anyone in the building I <laughs> about. so so why 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 is it though that football <sighs> does that why isn't it that the assistant manager turns up you know assistant manager we've got to it up here but honestly the reason i've probably done quite well in football leadership is because my knowledge of leadership isn't bad no i'm not amazing but my knowledge of leadership is probably more important than football isn't it because What's the point of still knowing about eleven v eleven? Like, why are we? Why is the assistant manager still not got that response? But it's because the leaders, have, as in the managers, they are perceived as they've got to know everything, or they've got to do everything, or, or you know, no one's got knowledge. Even flat hierarchy. If you said to anyone about flat hierarchy, they go, "What's that?" I go, "Well, that flat hierarchy is where everyone's the same." So
1: yeah, but, that's what. what I meant. Steve, what what if there's a misalignment then? So so what if what if you show You know vulnerability, and I I guess going back to your question earlier on, right? And and I've had time to reflect on it. I I guess the reason the reason you wouldn't come out and and be yourself, a, a full version of yourself, during an interim period, is for what you said before. Because if you showed that vulnerability during that period, internally you'd be thinking, if I show some vulnerability, the people above me are going to think I'm not strong enough to take this job. So, so what happens when there's that misalignment then? So I show vulnerability because, you know, I, I'm happy to share that with you, but actually the management, you know, are, are of low uh, emotional intelligence, as you mentioned, and now they think I'm, I'm weak and not good enough. What How, how do we attack that? And, and do you have to play at it and, and, you know, fade it in, phase it in, or, or, or how do you manage it? Yeah, it's a
2: bloody good question. I- I, I've, done, I've done several workshops with the players around alignment and, and I call it the lens. So I give them language, trying to upskill all the staff all the staff and players on language. And again, when I said to you, let me apply this okay. for your listeners. When I said to you about strategic, I've got to give probably more stuff to the staff because I'm not there every day, right? Yeah. Because they're the, they're the ones that are going to you know, apply the behaviours that are going to try and get us you know, um, more synchronised. So I've got language like the lens and the lens means how we see the world. And I give, I give the, the lads all the new sign-ins a task, um, which has got account, um, something on a slide. Anyway, lads, it's, it's absolute chaos. It's my, it's my golden nugget for development. I use it in all my corporate training and stuff. And basically everyone's seeing something different. It's chaos. Some people see two, some people see three, you know, and imagine in that, in, in the world of an example, some people see six, some people see seven and everyone's looking at me going, what? What is that about? I make them stand up and sit down, and everyone's going, "Wow, right? Like, how can we see the same thing but interpret that thing differently?" And I and yep. I'll prove it that this is social science. Uh, we see the same thing, but everyone's seeing different things, therefore misaligned. So the reason I am pretty confident about embedding all of this cultural change into a changing room environment is because once we've got that set, once you start hearing players say about black, white, and grey, so there are black and white moments. And then there are grey moments. If there are grey moments, that then equates to misalignment. Misalignment could be, I just don't understand what you mean, Matt, by that. Like me and I have misalignment all the time. He always messaged me a day after and go, now, now I've reflected on it and I get it. Or I reflected on it and you've got it. Um, no, we were misaligned last week. Here we go, I'll share this story. I said to him, I said to him, um, I said to him um, do the players know their super strengths? are oh, they absolutely crystal clear on the three things that makes them a pro footballer? And he said to me on Saturday, after the after Dartford game, no, 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 Steve, players have got to get better, got to get better. And I'm like, don't talk to me about players getting better. Like I'm the person that knows that more than anyone else. But on a match day, you've got to just flush all that out. So I call it prove or improve. I, I write about this in my book. I should have wrote about it better, actually. I'm writing about it better in my new book. Monday to Friday, improve yourself. Saturday, prove yourself. Right, so you've got to have your, free, your head free of all the learning stuff on a match day. Like, that's just the time to perform. So anyway, we see him on training on Monday, he comes back to me and, and then we just align it. But if uh, but, but if he's not his true authentic self at work, and I'm not, but I'm not a yes man to Robbo, and Robbo will like, I'll give him 10 ideas, and he mugs me off with nine. Like, hey. So, but, you know, he's there, he's there for me to do that so we're cool like but my, my my point is is that we said you know we almost created a little pact on that on that dullage walk if i cannot be myself yeah and you can't be yourself never never work with me Like never don't employ me don't pick up the phone because because life is so simple guys like life is so simple like and i, and I know i can be a, a dog with a bone but i'm only a dog of a bone because i give a shit do you know what I mean? Like I've, been, I've been a school teacher. So like what? Am I just going to sack it off and don't fancy it today? Like it doesn't work like that, does it? We get one life to impact people. So let's nail it. So that's it. Like that's 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 where we, yeah, we're misaligned all the time. But the key to great leadership is alignment, isn't it? But that takes conversations. And then that takes an armor. If we're wearing armor, then we can't have those conversations because it's a little bit awkward and a bit difficult. So therefore, we then need to have conversations about armour, not about overloads. Because if we don't have conversations about armour, then the kids, the players can't talk about overloads anyway because they don't even want to speak.
0: Steve, I, I've moved back into a coaching role recently. I, I, I missed coaching, so now I work with players again. And <clears throat> one thing that during the first lockdown, Matt and I have spoke about this in the past and speaking to some of our previous guests, similar messages keep coming up about whether it's good coaches or, or leaders, whatever it's a lot of it, or most of it is all around relationships and, and, and people skills. And um, I know you call it um, people influence and all this. So, so I know that's important, but I wanted to ask you, how do I take action to become better at those things? Because I know if I want to be better tactically or technically, I, I can go and find resources and, you know, tends to be on the the football courses and the the badges you do. That's quite heavy, isn't it? On the technical and the tactical and the X's and the O's. But the more I know, the more I realise I don't know enough of the stuff that's probably going to make me the best coach or leader I can be. So as I alluded to before, Matt and I do this podcast for ourselves. And I want to pick your brains on where can I start turning my attention on that side of the coin, the, the relationship and the people influencing and stuff. And is there any common things that you'd, you'd sort of recommend me or coaches to look at, to, to start to improve? And I know it's probably hard because you don't know what I can or can't do at the moment, but I'm just really interested that I kind of, I've got this concept of needing to be better at building relationships, et cetera, but then my sort of, my, my knowledge kind of stops there and I'm, and I'm thinking, well, well I need yeah. to go to the next level now because, I've got to start doing something to, to get better at it. So I thought maybe you would be a great person to ask.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, there's, a, there's a few things. I'm just going back to Robbo sometimes. Sometimes I'll discreetly put a chair in the in in the changing room. So I think it's a time where he just needs to sit down and talk to the players. And then sometimes I won't put a chair there and he just stands up because I think that requires a different element to, to his poise and his, his moment. So... I think body language is important. I think tonality, you know, me being a gruff Londoner with my, with my dulcet tones, having to really soften, and I'm doing it now, aren't I? Having to really soften and slow down. And I can remember many classes where I'm begging the kids. I'm saying to kids, I'm begging you, please tell me how you feel if there's something going on. And then I've got to model that with kindness, and great teaching, and enthusiasm, and love, and bigging them up on parents' evening, guys. I'm not. I'm not the greatest teacher, right? I never was, but I give a shit, and that's my X-factor trait. Why I love it so much, I I don't know where that comes from. I just love helping people, and I know that I've got a gift to to help people. And in my book, I write a chapter called "The Singer, Not the Song." You know, all the A licenses, all the teaching degrees. And guys, Matty, I know you went to school and I know you had some X-Factor teachers and I know you had some really shit ones. Right, I know that for a fact. And, and Lee, I know that you had the same. So how mad is it that we, like to say, I say this normal podcast, we've got teachers, they've all got a teaching degree. Some change your life and some are rubbish. So therefore, football coaches are no different, are they? So therefore, going back to your question about me being so authentic and genuine and so caring... I say to the Wimbledon players, please, if you are misaligned with me, don't talk about it in the car to your mates on the way home. Pick up the phone and ask me what I meant. right? Now, Anthony Ferguson, I have to give him credit for this. Head of coaching at Reading was our head of coaching. When I said one of my slides in my first meeting with the Wimbledon boys... I said, show your strengths and hide your weaknesses. And I think that's a massive thing for a footballer to do on a match day, right? Now, I didn't explain it very well, right? And that's why I'm sharing this story. And he said, Steve, there's a bit of misalignment there with the lads learning that, because they think, oh, sh- hide your weaknesses means you can't show vulnerability. My point is, I was talking about performance. So here's me being language expert. I got that majorly wrong. Now, if Anthony doesn't pick up the phone and call me, I don't know that. And I don't know that one of my 20 slides were delivered poorly. So you're also relying on people to make you better all the time because you get institutionalized with your behavior condition. You keep doing the same things. And, and I'm going to summarize this with the reason my, my chapter of my book or the first start of my book is around self-awareness. Is because the kids that I've taught in South London, if you're rubbish, they go, sir, you are rubbish. You learn double quick. Like, wow, I've got to upskill myself so quickly. And obviously at the time, it makes you feel pretty gutted, doesn't it? Because you're devo, because you're like, wow, I don't want to be that downgrade teacher. I don't want to be the one that's got the degrees rubbish. I want to be the one that's changing lives. But how lucky was I? Because I had loads of great... I mean, I started... My first school was 15 PE teachers and 14 of them were x-factor all grafters you know all magicians all dealing with the most dysfunctional kids in the country and and changing lives and so how fortunate that i saw that early in my career and i mean female teachers too i don't just mean you know alpha male guys i just mean you know all that all that all that part so i think answering your question and i've waffled a little bit a lot of it is like me i'm begging i'm saying to them, that please 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 and i keep saying please like Please tell me if you don't understand something. And I'll say it Lee, every week. I'll never, I'll never stop being that thing because the, the armour stuff. There's grown adults that wear armor. We know that. You sit in a corporate room, they can't even stand up, right? They're so weirded out with this, with this like, no, but this is this is where school have, have really got to uh, upskill, soft skills in 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 the development of all people in the learning process. And I mean like the cyclical nature of learner and and teacher.
0: So so how long does that then take for the, or from your experience, the players to start to feel in a position where they can ask you for clarity or if there's misalignment. And and do you notice, I know you touched on doing some work with like younger players for your UFA stuff. Does that differ? It is, does the academy system as a whole put like a, a different kind of, stress or armour on kids and you know because that I'm thinking now around some of the youngsters I've worked with in football and some of them it might they might never get to that point where they can come and show vulnerability to me for fear of being judged or released or anything like that how mm. how, how long might that take or
2: I think I think listen lifelong learning is key process right we're all developing it at the time so we're all, we're all trying to improve. But as a vice principal, um, I had so much noise going on. I felt like, um, I can imagine a firework going off and it just goes into your head. And it's like that every minute of every day, parents, kids, staff, chaos. And it's so overwhelming when you start that, that you then sink or swim. And uh, you know, we did lots of training on active listening as teachers and, and what that looks like and how it feels. So if I'm going to to apply active listening now to coaches compared to teachers, and often we'll deliver a question as a coach, and a player just answers it wrongly, which is quite common because it's normal for people to do that, and then the coach just goes no, and then and but the word no and it's so aggressive and it's like really no and it's quite rushed, and and just pressing the pause button and saying, thank you for your answer, really appreciate sharing that. Not quite right, though, unlucky. Thank you, though. Very different, isn't it? Very different than, than no, no, next, next. I I'll just, I'll just want to get the answer. I just want to get the answer for my own ego. No, 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 that's not learning. You know, so the reason I do the think, pair, share, square stuff is a no-brainer. No, self-assessment, All right? So I'll give the kids thinking time. So how do the, how do the front three outwit the back four? Yeah, so all, all teaching terms really. How does the front three outwit the back four? I want you to think on your own and give three examples about how the front three are going to outwit the back four on a match day. Now, it doesn't matter whether the player on their own has answered the shittiest answers in the world, you have given them the opportunity to learn, right or wrong. But what most coaches do is go out of the front three. Outwit the back four. One geezer gives a worldly answer, and then everyone just goes, "Oh, quality, yeah, well done," and then we move on. But I call it learning jail. There's twenty nine kids sitting there, and I haven't even had access to that question. I've not even I've not even spoke about it. I've not even thought about it. So, guys, like I know I sound like a broken record on this stuff, but I'm really trying to upskill the football industry on like, like the concept of what we're trying to achieve. You know, the cognition process. Getting the kids to think about, even if it's rubbish, because when you go self assessment, which is a kill on their own, but then a peer assessment, so you could then go right, center, half, right back, uh, center, half, parents, you go center, half, left back, and then one peer then talks to others, goes, oh, I think we can with them because of this, 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 and this, we've then got peer learning going on, and then you can do the pair share square back four, happy days. But then the less able kid, is having an opportunity, this is the key, I need to mention this, is having an opportunity to talk in a smaller setting without the fear of this 30-player scenario where they can gain confidence with this smaller scale from ones to twos to fours, suddenly you see these people flourishing because the teacher has facilitated a process for them to actually grow without fear of
1: failure. It's, it's That's um, really similar to we talk about in in coaching, doing working in smaller groups, you know, and said, I remember as a kid and you'd play in a technical practice and there'd be 11 people and one ball. And if you break down the session, like the session stops and it's because of you. So the next time the ball is coming into you, you're terrified because you're thinking, oh shit, please don't mess this one up. Don't mess this one up. It's, that's not a learning environment, is it?
2: Yeah. And, and again, I definitely, this is really important because I know there's so many great coaches out there, right? Loads. And great coaches and great teachers have always existed. I definitely don't know what good learning looks like, but I know what bad learning looks like. Does <laughs> that make sense? It's easy, it's easy yeah. to go from that default, isn't it? Yeah. But
1: like,
2: here we go. Right? It, there's first teams out there, right? On a match day, they're still doing bus queues. Right Now, I'm not saying that's the worst thing I've ever seen. And I don't do coaching, lads. As you know, I don't coach because I can't be bothered, really. It's not what I want to do. But if I was a manager, there would never be a bus queue in any session. That would just be my default thing. So why can't they do... If they're queuing up for, let's say, 30 seconds to have a shot in a match, why can't they play a game of two-touch? Yeah, Yeah. That's just the thing. That's just what they do. A a game of one-touch. Guys, I'm just like... If you had Offsted in a football, football club, in some football clubs, they'd rip it to shreds and the school would, and the football club would get closed down because there wasn't actually
1: any learning going on. It takes time, that, doesn't it, though? Like, to, to change that. So I, I remember doing, as part of a warm-up, doing some finishing stuff. And I, I, that was what I got put in charge of, you do the finishing stuff. So I went away and researched and watched loads of people doing finishing stuff. Started doing it and they're like, they loved it. And then they're like, can we just do the, the set and shoot now? You know, like what they've always done, the same. Can we just get in a queue? Like, literally, they were, they were, in my head, I'm thinking that they're literally asking to get in a queue and pass me a ball one at a time. And because that's what they wanted to do, because they'd always done it. Yeah. And it just take, it does take time, doesn't it? Of drip feeding this stuff in as to yeah. why, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying you can't do something to execute. You know, you all need to do finishing. But I'm all about really bad processes. Mm-hmm. Not about waiting for 10 seconds, but you watch some games, honestly, and they're queuing up for seven of them. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> so, so this, you know, it calls itself professional football. But who's actually zooming out? I call it zooming in and zooming out. Who's zooming out? And so we could, not should we could maybe tweak our ways and and just maximise the technical processes pre-match or you know it's not just pre-match it's training as well isn't it? It's
1: what? Why is it? Why is I want to I want to ask you about armour. Don't let me forget about that. I've come back to it. But why yeah, is this? Why is this happening? Why is it? Why is it not? How you know? Why is everyone not doing what, what we're talking about now?
2: Right, because there's not enough conversations around self-awareness and that's why I don't do any psychometric testing mate. I think, you know, psychs probably hate me for saying that, but I don't do it. psychometric testing, well I'm going to get a number and a label and I'm going to be even more labelled than what I need to be, we just need to be having conversations about self-awareness conscious competence, I know that I know stuff how do I know that I know it, people tell me I'm good, science says I'm good research says I know it, I've experienced it, I've got it, I've failed at it uh, I'm rubbish at it, no problem how do I know that I don't know something? Right, I, I, I know that I don't know, which is seen as a weakness, but it needs to be seen as a strength. For example, Matty, I'm really struggling with that attacking practice. You're really good at it. Can you come and show me, please? Right, that, that is a massive thing that can happen in any business that is still not happening. And then we go down the, the, the unconscious competence. I'm good at it, but I don't know how. And as Ben Bartlett would say, that's the tacit stuff, the stuff that you do, but you can't explain it. Great word. And then it's the unconscious competence. I'm shit and I don't know I'm shit. Right. So if we keep having conversations about overload, but not the behaviors. So on the agenda, what I'm trying to say is on, on agendas now, if I'm doing your job, I would have self awareness on every single meeting agenda. Because we don't have conversations about where we're actually at. Right. Where we're actually at will never get better. Now, if you look at the, the old 360 feedback stuff, you know 360 fee- feedback has been perceived as quite old school, right? Mm. Because, oh, yeah, we can't have bosses being told to do everything else. But if you actually look at how powerful 360 feedback could be, if you wanted to be told the truth, it could change your business or change your, your environment. But the problem with 360 feedback is people don't like hearing the truth.
1: So if... I've seen on some of the stuff that you do, you're talking about working with people that want help and want to get better. What if you've got someone in your team that is perceived as maybe not wanting to get better and, and you're talking through all this stuff and they're just not buying into it?
2: Well, firstly, you put in interventions to help. Well, That's the first thing. That's the first thing that you need to do. You've got a player in need, you've got a staff member in need, you your help yeah and, and then you provide mentoring and, and a six-week process in schools you would be put on you know, teachers that are put on capability for example the underachievers you just put on you put on a support program you know which is rigorous and supportive and you'd go and team teach like you would coaching and, and add value to behavior or, or assessment or whatever you want to do but then where, where does the line this is a question and answer gents where does the line come where hold on we've given you support you know, and, you know as well if you've got good mentors, those good mentors will add value because that's why they're mentors, they're good ones. Yeah. But they're still not on the bus. So I think that, that that's something that I still don't know the answer to because I think everything is so subjective and so personal mm. for people's journeys.
1: Because I was going to ask, what what if he's what if he's the best player? You know, what if we're in that performance environment and, and your best player don't don't buy into this stuff yeah. that we're talking about. And this, but Matt,
2: this is great debate, mate. I'm loving this because then he ain't your best player, then. Yeah. You know, okay. Like, well, yeah,
1: yeah, well, yeah, yeah. What,
2: what do we know about what do we know about football? Why, why all these children mavericks? You now these great kids for sixty years. So before my age I'm forty three now, you hear these stories. Oh yeah, what a player he was. Disappeared. So there is millions of those kids, not in a real way, would that be fair to say millions and millions yeah. of 50 years that have disappeared. So if we know why they've disappeared, they've disappeared probably because they cannot cope with being a really good human being every day. They cannot cope with consistency in their behaviours. They cannot possibly cope with the fame. They cannot maybe cope with too much too soon. So if we know all this and we back end it and work backwards, why are clubs still not oh yeah we got we got we got a derby on saturday we got to play him like 14 he's been rude to four members of staff he's not done his homework and he's still coming on day list. like guys maybe i'm mad or i don't want to sound draconian but like every every behavior needs a consequence so the sanction gets put in and then we as adults train the child to change their behavior that is our actual job. But if we don't have a, a structure and a strategy to do that and we're just off the cuff, oh, Matty he thinks he's really nice, Lee thinks he's a bad egg and I'm in the middle. No, no, no. The bus says this. That's why schools have policies because if you follow the policy nine times out of ten with a bit of flexibility with the policy, you'll sort the kid out.
1: So, so, so you need to have clarity on what a good person is. How people should behave, how etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Real clarity over that.
0: I
2: think more conversations need to be had on what that is, without breaking the individualisms of the human being. Yeah, like it's challenging. This is why school school improvement so challenging, Matt. You've got two thousand eight hundred kids, right? And you've got to show equality. How hard is that? Yeah, right. So you've got you've got to show equality, and then you've got one kid, Matt. I have to share this story. Never forget. And this is where we were misaligned as me and the vice principal. And by the way, I'm not right and she wasn't wrong. This is, this, is, this is how difficult people development is. And he hadn't wore his tie for four days. Right? And he comes in on the fifth day and he's got his tie, but he hasn't got it at the right length. Right now, I've, I've been working for 10 years more than that vice principal. Just to clarify, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm right and she's wrong. 10 years before, I probably would have gone, nah, that's not the level. Does that make sense? That's not the yeah. level. The bus is here. This is the level. So she wanted to send him home and put him in or in put him in internal exclusion. And I'm going, well, he's made progress this week. But the problem is, other kids, this is where it's so difficult with school improvement. Other kids are seeing it. Oh well, you let him off and you get all those conversations, then it's yeah. okay. so that is why it takes great teachers. You can have all the strategy in the world. If you haven't got people operationally that are fighting these little fires, you know, and educating the children, educating the children on why we're doing what we're doing all the time. Yeah, very very difficult. So that's probably a, an easiest way to describe it because you do get ambiguity. And as I've got older, I've got kinder because that's what wisdom does. You don't, you don't have to be draconian with your children. You need to help them. At the same time, children still need to know this is the bus. This is where we're going. And if you and this is the easiest language to say as a coach, if you choose to ignore me, I'm going to be really disappointed and really upset. But that's the consequence. You won't be playing at the weekend. See you later. Have a good week. No, what? thumbs up. You know, no, I'm not shouting, I'm not getting weird, I'm not getting aggressive. parents know about it as well. Yeah, we, we love your kids, want to really help them, but this is this is where the bus is. So you want it, you know.
0: Steve, whilst, whilst you're talking about teachers thinking about your your time in schools and some of the the top teachers you've had the pleasure of, of working with and watching work what are the traits or skills that they have that are missing in football and how can we develop or steal those to be better coaches or developer of young people because like I think you said i still believe football is missing a trick by not looking at schools and coaching and like I said, some of these practitioners, they spend far more time with children than we do. And like you've, you've said about life changing to some teachers, we, we all remember the, the teachers from however long ago, but so there must be things there that we're, we're not picking up on. What mm. are the things that you have seen? With, I know you said there's some excellent teachers and some, some not so good, but the top, top teachers, what can I steal from them to be a better coach? Mm, I think,
2: I'll fluke this a little bit, guys. I do say you need a bit of luck. My, my PE teachers, let's just touch on PE teachers and then we'll touch on other teachers. My PE teachers, solid, but didn't have a gear change in them. And I felt that a 14 year I didn't have anything to really get me up in the morning. And they were just nice. They were safe. They worked hard, but... You know, I remember being given sports captain, a like, massive deal at school, to be given sports captain, pho gets outside the head teacher's office. And my brother was assistant sports captain, three years older, so I was buzzing, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> But the teacher gave it to me on the stairs in the corridor. Oh, yeah, here's your badge. And I just remember going, wow, like, like, ledge, but like, you just, anyway, it's obvious what, what, what happened. So then you move to London. And then you're just dealing with like major poverty. And obviously you know, I bought everyone with these stories, but like gang culture and knife crime and all these characters. And then you soon learn very quick with these types of children. If you haven't got a bit about you, you're going to get ruined. Right? And If you have got a bit about you, you've got half a chance. That's the key. You're not, you're not, you haven't nailed it. Trust me. You've got half a chance. But then you've got to you've got to create your person, personality. So if I think about all the PE teachers I work with, like I've all read about in my book, like even maths. The, the mathematician Pete Nichols, right? Like he loves me talking on podcasts about him. The geese is a genius. He's about eight stone wet. He's got no presence whatsoever, right? He's a massive Plymouth fan. Like he doesn't know anything about football, but he pretends that he does. The kids <laughs> come into classical music. He's the most positive bloke you've ever met. Like, and he gets wrong learning right so he does it because he's so kind to the children right he's not strict he's just kind yeah but the kids just make rapid progress right and the kids are six foot five and looking down at him and go mr nichols i crush brush you with one <laughs> you know. but then they'll have, have a little quip a bit of banter and then he will go ha, no you won't you know and he'll, you know you'll probably sh- hurl a little bit of polite abuse and then and then the kids are like this guy's quite cool you know he's different that's what i mean he's different and then I work with Bailey. That you know, would do Klinsmanns every lesson. <laughs> all right? So, it, like, he's changing kit every hour, guys. <laughs> yeah, he's bringing in a change of kit every hour, and I'm like, it, guys, I'm not at that level, right? So I, I can't be bothered because I'm just like, I'm not getting wet again. I've got to work all week, twenty-five hours a week outside.
0: <laughs> just a knee slide, just a knee <laughs> slide for you. Yeah, no, so <laughs> the,
2: <laughs> so the reason it's funny, isn't it? because people go, "Salis, why are you not? Why are you not a football manager?" because like, honestly I spent so many hours getting pissed on in the rain I can't be bothered putting, <laughs> like, we used to put cones out right when we were really organised we weren't always organised to prepare and for warm ups right, Paul will love this he'll, he'll love that I've mentioned him he would have a year 8 group and i have have a year 8 group and then for a warm up I'd say to my kids go and boot his cones everywhere <laughs> right now there's no PE teacher textbook that says do it but these kids, you know, in South London, they need stimulus. So anyway, all we'd say, go over to Mr. Powell and, like, dig him. Like, the kids were digging him in the ribs. And, you know, there was this camaraderie of chaos. So the kids, we'd call it my boss, Jake Reed. I keep naming names here. They'll love all this. He used to call it a school within a school. We can't control what's going on everywhere else because we're special needs of school. We're a failing, comprehensive school. But what we can control is when they come down to P.E., we can absolutely make their lives different class. So we were just, yeah, just, po- I think, honestly, positive.
0: And, and genuine, Steve. It sounds like genuine, because you could, you could tell if, if the teacher was putting it on. Like, it seems like everyone had their personality and was, was genuine with it. Like you said, genuine care. But, you know, if, if you're not the... If you're not the the maths teacher who's a little bit different and a bit quirky, you probably couldn't get away with trying to be that character, could you?
2: Yeah, so therefore it's been the best version of yourself, isn't it? And and, and that's the easiest way to describe it. I'm just saying there's so many other teachers like Cecile Talon, the, the French teacher, not in a rude way. The kids couldn't even read it and write in English, right? And then she's teaching French and she's unreal. And all the French teachers before her, not in a rude way, not very good because they can't handle the behaviour. But because she had this character and this personality and she's bringing her subject to life, the kids for the first time are going, I'm buzzing off French. I'm choosing French for GCSE because of this woman. Because she's got a bit
1: about her. Steve, do you, think, do, you think, do you think that's why you're effective?
2: I think that I'm halfway there because I don't know. Like, honestly, I think my PE teaching, lads, is bang average. Like, I'm solid. I'm just solid. Brilliant basics. I'm just solid. But you've got to make people feel, when they do the business, a million dollars. And I think Dave Livermore says this to me all the time. He's my best mate in football. He's obviously worked at Mill when he's the manager at Cardiff. And he said to me, oh, Salis, he says, how do the lads love you? Not in a weird way, like, but you <laughs> absolutely Like, because I can change gear easy. But Dave, I said, you're not seeing the love. And this is what, when I do all the Scottish FA stuff now, all my all my um, seminars and stuff, I've created something called um, the love and fear scale. Made it up in the car, basically. And, and you either leave through love, we leave through fear. And I think that it's a scale. Let's say plus 10. Let's try and, try and break this down for listeners. Plus 10 is love and minus 10 is fear, right? And I think if, you're, if you've got a personality which is... You know, a nice personality, but you're only a plus three lover. If you're only that, I think you might only be able to get away with minus three fear because I think that's about they balance each other off. But because I'm a plus 10 lover, when I change gear on a player, I can go. Does that make sense? I think there's a However, when I ask the questions, I say, Can you be a minus three fear? So when you tell a player off, you don't really tell them off. But then a plus seven love. And then I'll say the other way around. So I've got lots of different scenarios to get people to think about, bloody hell, like, what, where am I on that scale? And who, you know, when I talk about being the best version of yourself, what are my super strengths as a coach? And how does that connect to my personality and my skills? So I think, you know, and also being, I'll tell you what, Matt, I'm not, but I'm not always like that, Matt. When I was assistant with Jimmy, because Jimmy was a loud one, then you adapt your persona. And actually, I've you know I'm I'm pretty measured like that. Actually, I'm pretty when Jimmy's you know we 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 in relegation fight all that time we got we ended up thirteenth in the league somehow, but um, we yeah we got twenty seven points out of thirty last ten games. So my my persona yeah my persona can change to I call it vice principal mode where you know, I'm in front of governors and corporate executives and speaking like that. But at the same time, I think yeah adaptability again isn't it? It's, it's been in so many environments where. Yeah, where you where you just learning, just learning about men, women, boys, girls, people.
0: I've heard you say before about loving football, and that there's there's not enough of it, or or it's it's something that's one of those soft skills that that he's probably lacking in in coaches. Is that is that something you you think coaches could be better at?
2: Just an acknowledgement of people giving feedback. And not rushing. Thank you, Bill. Why did you say that? Can you expand on what you said and why you said it? And if you respond in that way and you sit down and you talk to the players and you close your body language, you will see players change as well. Right, you will see it. I'm not being patronizing to people, but if you're a young coach listening to this, yeah, really, really play around with your tonality. play around with your body language and play around with not rushing but when i was young teachers guys i didn't know this sort of stuff did i just rushing buzzing around and just teaching you know all about pace wasn't it teacher session it's got to be pacey but it's knowing when to press the pause button you know i say remote control press the pause button breathe yourself and actually start connecting the learning aspects and having conversations which are deep learning rather than rather than shallow stuff
0: is that a difference in school and football in the sense that in schools, I guess, it, you know, or you probably know that you've got more time. You can, you can afford to slow a little bit in football. Is there a perception? I know having this conversation, you're making me think that I've got my session plan and these are my outcomes. I want to try and get through. So therefore I'm putting this pressure on myself to, to move through them. Whereas actually in hindsight, speaking to you here, I need to be okay with, with maybe not getting through everything tonight because I've got Tuesday or Thursday or next season if I'm working with young players. Is that is that something you think in football? Like we do try and... Because like you say, you ask the question and I've got a specific answer in mind that I want to get. And whoever get it, it's like, bingo, isn't it? Yep, yeah, yes, next. Right, here we go. And I'm like, oh shit, it's the same lad who's guessed the right answer because he's just remembered what we said last time. <laughs> um, do, do we need to be okay with not getting through everything, and maybe just picking it up in the future, especially with young players. But
2: yeah, awkward silence is a huge, hugely important. Uh, many coaches, teachers as well, are not confident with that, take some, take some time. But it's also about the facilitation of the types of questions that you ask. So if you to ask questions that create higher order thinking, so think of five ways of how you can outwit them. Think of five ways. They can talk complete bollocks. I don't care. They're thinking about it, which creates processes, right, and changes brain science because we actually create cognitive processes where we're thinking, and and, and we know children come up with innovative answers that we haven't even thought about. Because if we thought that knowledge was always the same in football, then people like all the new coaches wouldn't create new knowledge, so, like, if we thought, you know, not in a rude way to Sven Gorn Eriksson, but we trusted Sven because apparently he was really good. Then we play Paul Skulls on the left wing. Four-two-three-one doesn't really exist in England, not in a rude way. Four-three-three only existed in two thousand and four when Mourinho came in, right? And, and with two wingers and droggers down the middle. So, like, we've got to be mindful, and this is why I'm very theoretical. There's a word called epistemology, and epistemology is the most powerful word in the world, right? Because it means it means the study of knowledge. But Matt, Lee, Steve Salis, what happens if my knowledge is wrong, but I don't even know it's wrong? But like our, our brains like a computer, so it needs an update. So if we don't update our computer with new knowledge, then we're always that bigoted old bastard that says, oh, yeah, no, it's done my way, aren't we? I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that says, I oh, know it, that learning is this and, and football is that. But I don't know the answers. I haven't got a clue. The players are playing, so they've got to sort it out.
0: And, and can we update our knowledge? Is that just by these regular conversations around what we don't know or what we do know? Or is it just allowing the players to, to crack on and get out of their way?
2: No, it's collaborative. I mean it from an everyone's point of view. I mean it from a player. Our job as leaders is to support the players. That's our job. That's why you know, we, we're in our roles. Our job as coaches is to make sure, do we know what we don't know? And do we know what we know? Is it accurate? is it actually concrete fact is it science but we know with learning and we know with football with the variables of football it's very difficult to players take things literally i'm sidetracking slightly they take things so literally it means and my my favorite line now guys is don't tell you what i say literally and i do that on my first slide of all my zoom calls because if you take what I say literally, you said Steve Sallis said this on the 21st of January 2019, and that means it's right. No, it's not. I'm just a guy called Steve with a different lens on the world that sees the world like this. So tell me what you think.
1: Steve, I'm, I'm conscious Lee is going to wrap up in a minute, and I want to ask you about the armor before we let you go. Yeah. You talked earlier about it, and you were. Now, maybe I've missed. Miss, uh, understood but you were talking about it almost like it was a a negative is that correct it stops the conversation from happening
2: yeah in terms of someone wearing armor as a negative yeah right trying to to get it off for people to not wear it is obviously where we all need to be as a football club or a
1: business or a school okay so just to be devil's advocate is there a place for armor i mean it it stops you getting shot, for example. Um, is there a place for it?
2: I'm sure there is. I'm just thinking that yeah, no, be, no, no. Yeah. we
1: oh. we talk about the football being uh, any any elite. I think we get hung up on football being different. I think it's probably like any other elite industry, but elite elite industry can be ruthless, can be tough, horrible, all that sort of stuff. If you don't have some sort of armor where you can deflect things and you know it, it could be quite a lonely and miserable place I'm assuming
2: yeah I don't mean I don't mean yes. Yeah, great alignment on this conversation I don't mean reveal and lay all your cards on the table on conversation one of, of a new relationship <laughs> I don't mean that I mean that that just grows that grows with authenticity that grows with time you know, I shared something very vulnerable to a player and a staff member yesterday about, about something that happened in my personal life, 10 years ago. So I'm cool with doing that because I've known them then for a year. Do you know what I mean? Like, so we've got this this time to play it. The, the danger of armour, if you are sharing it with someone with a low level of emotional intelligence, and I've said it in my book, I've got a chapter. It's the most random chapter that's ever been written in any book, and it's called Incompetent Times Insecure equals dangerous. And those people, Matty, are deadly in the workplace, right? They're insecure, so they've got low EQ, right? Emotional intelligence. Not in a rude way, they're pretty crap at their job, so that means they have to deflect everything. Yes. They're just deflectors, and then you reveal it, and they go, oh, Steve, Sally said that, he's weak, he's not very good, he knows what he's doing. And actually, Matty, all I said to you, all I said to that person was, I'm really weak on that topic, can you help me please? yeah so yeah tough mate
1: yeah it's a balance i'm assuming as well
2: yeah but we need to have conversations to keep it growing so that we don't have to have weird conversations like just be normal like that's what i'm saying like just back yourself But, but yeah people can't get better sometimes because the environment doesn't enable them to but actually they could really flourish yeah It's like players, isn't it? One manager comes in now. I'm not having them, and another manager comes in and said, Really, I'm really seeing a different lens on them. Mm. So we just need to be open-minded that if we do our job properly, our job is to serve the players. Our job is to do what it says on the tin. Actually, lead, not not manage, lead. Yeah. Different things.
1: Really interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. Steve, I'm I'm
0: gonna start to wrap up, mate, but um. Before I ask you a couple of questions, Matt and I have got sort of to, to, to round off. What is there one question that Matt and I should have asked you tonight?
2: No, I've loved it, boys. Do you know what I've loved? I've loved talking about education for. I've talked about education for ages. So I've loved. I've loved sharing my anecdotes about school because it was just so funny. So you know, when I just I just laughed a lot. You know, kids. A kid. I have to share this story quickly, right? You'd never get away with this now. So took a, any school game in London took you forever. And I did more school fixtures than anyone else, Matt. So when people sort of talked about by myself, right? When when staff were going to home, Matt, on a Friday, I, I used to do an inclusive PE Club. So all the kids, all the table kids that were the in-betweeners, and we would have PlayStations out and table tennis and badminton, and they could just be safe for an hour. Yeah. I would always always do over and above, because I just love, love, love being a PE teacher at one time, I took my football team down to, I'll never forget it, Emmanuel School in Putney. We got the self-circular way home. Like, self-circular in London, it's a two-hour journey without fail to do nine miles. Okay, so the kids are all really bored. This is my, this is my, yeah, year 11's by this stage. And a kid was obviously bored, I won't name his name, and he chucked an orange and, hit me, and he hit me in the back of the head. And it was, I still remember, it was a Thursday night, I'm knackered, it's midday. It's like, I think it's quarter to seven at this stage. You know, you don't get paid from 315. And I just tell all the kids to get out the bus. And I'm, my head loss. You know, it's <laughs> me. Here's me being my and the kids, my they're, they're all in year 11. So they go, sir, no, no, no. I live like, like the other side of London. No, no, no. Out. Get yeah, out. And i to notice the complaints next day. But because the head teacher actually had my back all day long. And the parents had my back because all of the stuff that I've given the kids. So I didn't get one complaint. I think that pretty much says everything, that my instinct at that time is, no, no, no. They're, I call it in my new book, The Line of Pride. Yeah? So where's your line? And I knew where my line was because I gave my heart to these young men. But anyway, they got out and we're still friends now. Not... <laughs> you wouldn't get away with that now, lads, would you? You would not, no. No, all had bus passes,
0: though.
2: <laughs> all those <that> Oyster cards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. Steve, what, what does the future hold for you?
2: Everyone asks me this all the time, just be happy fellas. Don't, you know? This week's about self-care, so I'm going to get in the gym. been on the road a lot for last year, so I've got a really busy September coming up. So uh, this time last year, I didn't have enough finances in the bank to sort of take August off. So I'm going to take August off, uh, not off, I've got what Wimbledon work, of course. So, you know, but not any big, big jobs that I'm travelling around the country. So I'm going to do that, going for a little bit of a break in Swanage and Dorset. Um, I'm going to give my all to the Dons. We've got a real tough start to the season. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we will, you know, we will, we will keep calm and we will keep helping the players. And um, Yeah, season starts, Doncaster away next week. So, yeah, genuinely, boys, I just, I don't, I don't care about money. I just care about happiness
1: simple health your health is your wealth right
0: 100
1: is, is there anything that you've and i'm sure you've read watched or listened to many things but is there anything that you have um, consumed mentally recently that you would recommend to our listeners
2: oh uh, i've got i've got some all my books around there i've got mench i haven't read it yet you know the german you know the german book mench got that uh, but a colleague said to me today what's the best book that you've ever read and it's, it's how to win friends and influence people, right? Yeah. But listen to this. I only read it last year. The people <laughs> think, that like, meet me, go, you must have read that 20 years ago. No, I've only read it last year. I'm reading it, and I'm going, wow, wow, wow. Like, it's awesome.
0: Steve, have you ever read? It's completely off topic. Have you ever read The Alchemist?
2: No. Heard about it, but not really. Yeah,
0: really, really good. Really good. It's like a, it's a story, but there's so many things in there around. You said about, like, what what makes life rich and stay it's just i think it's fascinating i will definitely recommend it if you if you get a chance it's not really good um listen I, I think that's pretty much it matt anything else from you i know we could no, look, look, all night.
1: steve i could i could keep you all night mate I, just to say i really really appreciate your time it's been uh absolutely fantastic and I, i've got to be honest i think mine will be uh Still racing and processing things well into the night and probably tomorrow, but uh, really appreciate it, mate. Thanks, no, very much. guys.
2: And listen, you know, the listeners need to know this, this is the start of our friendship to create, isn't it? Because it is life is so simple, like that. You know, we're all plowing yeah. our furrow. Um, and when, um, if I eventually get my podcast sorted out, what I'll do, boys, I'll get you back on and I can talk about your journeys. How does that sound?
1: Sounds brilliant.
0: Oh, fantastic, brilliant stuff,
2: it's really important
0: appreciate that Steve where where can people find you and and hopefully this is I know it will have sparked some curiosity into you and your work so where can where can people find you and your stuff
2: um yeah my book's not on Amazon because they take 70 percent. so I thought I'd keep that uh, and I sign on my books. so my website is solutionsmindset.com or educatingfootball.com um, and then yeah, just anyone reaching out. I mean, I do. I'm doing loads of youth seminars and got yeah. I've got a project called My Future Self, which I've included now. I've got the EFL giving me the go ahead to do that in the Premier League. So um, I'm pretty pretty fortunate that the football industry is embracing what I'm doing. So I feel quite grateful.
0: Great stuff. Well, listen, we uh, say that I wish you the very best for the future, and that you won't need any luck because I say the work you're doing is top draw. So yeah, thanks so much for your time. Um, Wish you the well with the Dons as well. It'd be great. Matt and I'll certainly be following you and, and Robbo this season with you.
1: Cheers, boys.
0: Your work. So uh, yeah, all the best and, and thanks again for your time, mate.
1: Cheers, guys. Stay safe. Top man, the Steve. Cheers, boys. Take care. See you, mate.